In a world where there's a pandemic and people are sitting around in their house doing nothing, we also decided to sit around in their house and do nothing. <laughs> Let's go get him. That's another one for the fire. Well, it looks like after 10 long months, we're back. Was it really 10 months? Yeah, dude. The last one we did was uh, September. <laughs> That's, dude, the pandemic time, it didn't seem like, it just seemed like, ah, oh, we haven't done one in a week or so. And then it just piles up, piles up. But I feel like our audience was in the same boat there, but... Uh... So we took a brief hiatus, almost a year, but uh, a lot's changed, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna get back on that horse, you know. You At know, what point is it? You not know about horses. Well, you know about horses. <laughs> yeah, I've been around a couple of my time. Have you ever ridden a horse before? No, I've I had. Ha uh, I have. It's not. Yeah, it's not yeah. as fun. It's not like you're thinking like this cowboy west. Like first off, like. <laughs> As far as a form of travel, like, it would have sucked to be alive back then. Because, like, riding a horse for, like, 30 minutes, like, that's alright. But, like, long travel, like, that, like, fucks up your groin area. They ever try to make, like, a cup or I don't, something? I don't think that would help. You know about fucking a <clears throat> You had, like, one thing I told you not to do. <laughs> you told me not to fart. <laughs> I'm leaving. I'm leaving it in, man. We're back. Hey, we're back. A little all rusty. Right, Just bear right. with us. Horror vision after the long, long break is back. I'm your host, John, along with co-host. You thought I'm you'd never Boog. hear from again. Boog. <laughs> I'm, I'm Boog. Hello. You might be more Boog than ever. I think so, because, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a different world. Yeah, it is. Hey, Boog moved out of state. Yeah, anyone wants I, his address, write in. I'll give it to you. He's welcome. And I'll just let anyone in. Please write um, in, but please ask about anything else. So how how you like North Carolina so far? Uh, well, I thought it was going to be scarier because a lot of scary movies have been filmed down here. That's true. You got to sneak uh, on the. They're going to start filming uh, the that third and that that new Halloween trilogy. Halloween ends like not I far from you. Filmed that. No, well. The plan was to already have it filmed, and Halloween Kills was already done filming to release it, but with the pandemic, that all got pushed, 
So they didn't even start the filming of the third one yet. Mm. But uh, that's a joke. Yeah. So just try to sneak onto that set there. Get us some behind the scenes interviews. I'll see what I can do. Hey, you're on. I'll write that down. You're on it. Um, today though, we're get back in the swing of things here. We got a, a little two-parter. Well, not like two-part episode, but two. You get a two for one here. That's a, a buy one get one. With deals like this, they should be illegal. <laughs> I could see you being like a car salesman or something, like just some some type of salesman. I'd probably be pretty good at it. I guess technically you kind of are. Sometimes, uh, sometimes uh, life's a little funny. <laughs> hey, you know what they say, man? Life's uh, a highway. I'm going to make that a thing. What? You're going to make life as a highway a thing? Yeah, I'm just, that's my new thing. That I'm going to make a, a, a thing. Life's a highway. We're going to start printing, put it on a shirt book, we're selling them. You know what I'm going to make? Uh, my uh, what I'm gonna make is gonna be a plant daycare for plants, uh, yeah. Plants, yeah. A lot of people have plants, they don't know what the hell to do with them. Just give them to me, I'll, I'll take care of your plants. Um, mainly because when uh, you guys leave or turn your back, I just want to be giving plants some smooches. I don't know that that's a crime, I don't think it's a crime, it should be. Um. <laughs> It's, it's, I feel it's like the, not a crime. I feel like the whole point of owning plants is the fact that like you don't have to like not necessarily have to continue to take care of them, but they're like low maintenance for the most part, like not like a pet or like a child. I don't know, but uh, like if a plant dies, no one gives a shit. I feel like there's you run over one plant, like not a big deal. You run over a kid, next thing you know, you're on the news and you got to go to court. Yeah, you know what they say though. Life, life's a highway. (laughs) All right, let's get into it. So our two-parter. Netflix recently released. um, What is it like? Two weeks ago or so, they released the first part of it. Fear Street, nineteen ninety-four. Then this past week, they released uh, Fear Street Part Two, nineteen seventy-eight. Probably should know that. Because that's the movie we're reviewing, but uh, and then they have the third one coming out this Friday. Um, actually, by the time you're listening, to that one will be out. So, surprise! That's going to be our next review. Sixteen sixty six. Basically, there are, this trilogy of films is based on novels by R.L. Stein, which everyone knows from uh, the Goosebumps series, which a little bit. You know the Goosebumps still book, but a little bit past your time, but like my time, your brother's time. Like that was, you came home from school, you flipped on, I think it was Fox, Fox Kids it was on, something like that. Everyone watched that. Everyone had the books in school, like the Scholastic Book Fair, like everyone was snatching up the the Goosebumps books. Great time. Um, but his Fear Street uh, books, they were geared more towards uh, a little bit older, like teenage age. Um kids like uh i guess the next untapped market the young adult section um and i never really got into those when i was a kid i was already on to like stephen king that type of deal but he apparently they were successful like when we were looking up the information for this i didn't realize that book series sold as of 2010 which 
also blew my mind that that's over a decade ago. Sold 80 million copies, which is an insane amount for books. Uh, so another successful series by R.L. Stein. Uh, but coming into this, I didn't know the backstory, anything of that, of the Fear Street novels. The first first thing I want to say about, I mean, we've seen the two. I'm not sure how the third one's going to finish up. But the strongest part about this is it is a very um, interesting way to put together already familiar tropes and different different things in the horror um, genre. Like you're mostly looking at slashers, paranormal witches, supernatural, things like that. But the way that they all um, intertwine in this story is a very interesting way to put it together. Because, I mean, you've seen one slasher, you've pretty much seen them all. It's hard to make um, a little like unique like section for yourself uh, with a new slasher but the way that they put these together i think was the strongest part of the whole uh presentation of these films um and definitely the thing that because there's there's some downtimes there's some we'll get into talking about it some things that could definitely have been done better but i think the part that will keep you watching and keep you entertained is um the strength of the overarching story what, what were your first thoughts coming into a book uh like well, i'm actually interested to know like your backstory if, with rl stein in general because you're you're a little bit younger um like uh, I mean, like when the I... tv series came out you were like one two years old like for me i was probably like six or seven i was in that prime rl stein goosebumps age yeah no so <clears throat> my childhood was a little different um he didn't he didn't learn how to talk till he's six seven um but thankfully i was able to learn how to ride a bike within the first three months <laughs> no fucking uh <laughs> wait time i don't want to cut you off on your thought here and we get off on tangents but i was thinking when we were kids like me and your brother were riding bikes everywhere i don't ever remember seeing you on a bike yeah no it wasn't it wasn't until <laughs> So I, I, I remember it because I was really excited and I had a big crash. Now I was, uh, I was six years old when I learned how to ride a bike. And if you remember my, uh, my old backyard, used to have a down slope and then go into an open field, okay? We had a we had Yeah, a, you, cross a the, you cross across the, uh, the like, little gravel through away and then yeah, you go down yeah, into yeah. the field. We had, we had the barn to the left. We had the, like, swing set in the middle there and a couple trees right there and then it opens up to the big field well <clears throat> one of my proudest moments was like on the dirt road you know i would, I would hop on the bike and then I, I would let it uh go down a hill you know like my dad wasn't like holding my bike like yeah you can do it son you can do it like no my dad was working so i was i was up on i got up on my bike was going down the field and that like i wasn't pedaling at all that was like my momentum that's what kept me going and i was like yeah i'm doing it i got all excited i probably did it like 10 20 times you know and then i finally uh i finally was like yeah i can pedal this isn't too hard so i started pedaling but i didn't learn how to like brake yet you know just pedal, back, didn't really... pedal backwards <laughs> no it wasn't a kid's bike it was a it was like a mountain bike i was a bigger kid and uh but I uh, didn't learn how to brake, and I didn't really know how to turn yet. So <clears throat> going down the hill, 
And I started going real fast and I started to panic because I was like, holy shit, you know, like, what the hell do I do with it? Like, I don't know how to stop. I don't mm -hmm. know where to go. So I started to turn left and I went behind the, the, the barn in my yard. Oh, I mean, you remember, really veered left on that. Yeah. But if you, if you remember, I was going pretty fast, man. You know, I was really aerodynamic back then. I you had to watch air. if you crossed over a little bit further, those other people, those giant geese, meanest geese you'll ever see. They should make a horror movie about that. Hold on, my story's not done yet, man. I'm going down. I go behind the, the barn there. Behind the barn, if you remember, was a, uh, what is it? They're called like uh, Virginia fencing or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like a post and then like two, uh, two po or one, two posts and like a sleeve or whatever going across the middle of it. Those were to try to keep those evil geese in, dude. Those were not Exactly. Well, I was still going pretty fucking fast. I road head first into the fence post i flipped up and over the post landed flat on my back in the neighbor's yard with the wind knocked out of me and geese getting all fucking pissed off and starting to chase me i had to i had to crawl up barely able to fucking breathe and then like throw myself back mm. over the fence and that's how i learned how to ride a bike and how to run away from geese. So that's why I didn't see you on a bike for years. Well, you're doing all yeah. right now. Uh, no. My <laughs> bike that I own is, what, 500, 600 miles away from me, and I'm living perfectly fine day to day. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, you gave up the biking life. <laughs> I mean, I got two wheels. That's pretty cool, but, like, four wheels is where it's at these days. <laughs> all right, so back, back to what, what's your... What's your history oh, with R.L. Um, I remember going to book fairs and seeing his books, but he wasn't very popular when I was a kid. They always had like the coolest um, covers on them, too. I remember looking at the covers, but I, I remember never like buying them to like read them, you know? Well, not that I, your mother would allow that. Super, no, super not. religious. I remember, I remember this is like the surprising part that you ever got into horror movies and maybe it's the classic case of like not being allowed is what interested you. I don't know. Like that happens from time to time. But when we were kids, we'd go trigger treating like the neighborhood kids would go trigger treating. And you there was a stretch of time when your parents would just take you guys and go to church on Halloween night. No, it, uh, yeah, I remember that. But no, the, uh, what got me interested in the horror genre was, uh, and what my favorite genre of horror films is like paranormal, of course. Mm -hmm. Well, if you remember that old house where that barn was, if you remember, <clears throat> I remember watching you and my brother the, with your like videotape. Yeah, the red, the red building. Yeah, the red building videotape in the, in, in the barn building and the, like seeing some shit and hearing some shit. Yeah. But uh, I didn't find out till years later. Um, so that house was in my family for generations. Okay, mm -hmm. and the, my uh, it was like my great great grandfather who built that property was a uh, a barber. But the crazy thing so is, so dude, when, that makes sense because it had the it, old barber like swivel thing that sits outside, like the candy cane stripe thing that would be outside a barber shop. There was one of those old ones in that red building. Yeah, but the the crazy part is when he when, in that time, if you were a barber, you weren't just a barber. You were the you were the town doctor. You were the like 
if something bad was happening, if someone got like injured, whatever, they're going to that house and they're going to, they're hopefully going to get fixed up or repaired or whatever. So like I found out later on that people actually have like died in there. Like people were born in there. Like there's pain and suffering in the yeah, house. Listen, and like, going into that if basement, you stepped into that house, all one, these freaked it, me out. Yeah. If you just step into that house one time, you knew there was something off with it. Yeah, it was it was horrible. That's that's what got me into like the paranormal field. See, and that's that's what, that's what uh, I was interested in because like, if you, you think about it, like for a lot of kids, the big gateway, the horror when you were younger was the R.L. Stein goosebumps. Like mm-hmm. mine was a little bit before that. Like I was always interested in horror with with my uncle because he was like my uncle's only like twelve, you know, like he's only like twelve yeah. years older than me. Um. And when we were younger, he was always trying to scare me and stuff. And then, like, I started watching, like, the Chuckies and stuff, like, real young, like, three, four. And I was, like, scared. But, like, then I liked it. Like, it was something he was interested in. And I got it. Like, that's how I did it. But then with Goosebumps, it was like, oh, you're watching this on regular TV now. And then the boy, it was just, like, a, the perfect storm, the perfect timing. But yeah. that, that's what surprised me is, like, how you said, like, it wasn't big when you were, like, coming up through elementary school and stuff. And I remember it's, like, with any fad... It at some point it just goes away, but I, in that short amount of time with the goosebumps and apparently piggyback on that with the fear fear street novels that he released, he he uh, he made a lot of money and sold a lot of books in that short amount of time. Yeah, he he, uh, he definitely uh, is living comfortably. Oh, dude, his net worth is like two hundred million dollars. That's nuts. Yeah, that's insane. Right, you wouldn't. So- I honestly, I wouldn't think it would be that much because just because like from my childhood, no one was really buying them. They would look at the covers. Yeah, they were sweet, you know, but most of the time, I, I think when I was, let's see if I can remember like first, second grade, we had those like book fairs in the library. Um, Harry Potter was really big. I remember that. Well, Harry Potter was always but like that was that's around the same time like that. The first Harry Potter book came out when I was in elementary school. Yeah, I, um, I think I think the uh Well that's her her net worth's even crazier. One billion. Yeah, well it makes sense. Billion dollars I mean, her, selling books. Her, her book sold so many freaking copies, her movies. Alright, let's go before we bore bore people with our, our back stories about elementary <laughs> school. Let's let's get into this. Uh so the first one we got here, Fear Street Part One Ninety Four. Uh, as you can tell by the title, takes place in 1994. Um, the good old days. <laughs> yeah, before you were born. Yeah, I was exactly. around in 94. That's when, I, my, that's when my brother was born. And I also, wasn't even uh, thought. Also, Kurt, Kurt Cobain died. R.I.P. Is, <laughs> is this before or after Kurt Cobain died? In the I don't, they didn't say... Did they ever say... Um, well, I would, if I were to guess, because there's a scene in the movie, um, that they're going to play a football game, typically the football games in a normal year are played like, yeah, September, October, wrapped up by like November. I actually don't know when, I thought Kurt Cobain died later in the, maybe he died earlier in the spring, maybe he was already dead, I don't know. It's not relevant to the story. Uh, but this story centers on a circle of, uh, teenagers who accidentally encounter an ancient evil responsible for a series of brutal murders that have plagued their town for over 300 years. Um, The town 
it's called Shady Side. Um, borders their rival town Sunnyvale. A uh, big contrast there. Shady Side's all down. Everyone got shit lives. Like their parents divorced and alcoholics, and um, they're they're pretty much viewed as like eh, not so much the outcast. I guess the outcast, but like just like shitty people. And then you had Sunnyvale. They're all uppity, rich, and their town's beautiful, and they're just bordered border like right next to each other so there's that that dynamic but the the group of friends you got the main character uh dina played by kiana Madgeria. i'm still terrible with names took a year off still terrible with names um are you practicing names in that year or something no or did we expect you to get better i don't know i just over time you think you just get better at stuff but uh it's names aren't going to come naturally to you no maybe i learned learned something but i did it uh so yeah dina um she's from shady side uh she was in their band she quit gets back in the band uh you had her group of friends kate played by julia rewald that's si simon played by fred hetchinger um julia she's like the popular girl at shady side like the top of the class head cheerleader that type deal but also on the side she's just selling drugs um yeah she was valedictorian and she was selling drugs which at, at which at first i was like this has no relevance to the story they just added this in like this is kind of messy but then it ties back in kind of at the end i was like okay i guess that that's acceptable um and then her like i guess simon's like friend zone friend but he works at the pharmacy and, very friend zone yeah and then you have dina's younger brother josh um, he's like a little computer nerd dude. He's on these like AOL chats, which I guess early nineties, that was a little bit like, I feel like AOL was a little bit more later nineties and it wasn't super common with the computers, but I don't know. I could be wrong. I lived it, but I didn't remember. You're not really the first like six, seven years of your life. You're not too coherent. You really don't know what's going on. Just going with the flow. Um, so that's the, the, the main the main core of friends, um, and then a little bit into it, you find out that Dina has uh, a girlfriend that goes to uh, Sunnyvale, Samantha, um, and basically she like turned her back on her, and she's dating some some douchey football guy there. The initial character that you meet, Heather, she works at the local mall. Played by Maya Hawk. Maya Hawk, where people would know her from, I guess, two things. Stranger Things, as well as being the daughter of Ethan Hawk and Uma Thurman. Which that's that's I didn't ever know they got together, but that's that's pretty that's very that's very nineties. They were married for like, I believe, two years, if that. And they popped out a kid. We don't have to be married to pop out a kid. That's that's not science. No, but <laughs> you know. Yeah. In that time frame, they popped out one kid, that kid, Maya Hawk. Um, so she's briefly in at the beginning. She's actually the first kill by, well, I guess not technically the first major kill because she stumbles upon bodies in the mall. And it turns out it's one of the um, other people, one of her, her actual friend that works at the mall. He becomes possessed by the, the witch and he has this cool like skeleton mask. Kill, kills her but the police officer um who plays a major role in the two film what's his name officer good nick good played by ashley zuckerman ashley but it's still a dude that was always weird uh, to me 
Guys can be named Ashley. Yeah, yo, anybody can be named anything, but I feel like you're, you're just not giving your kid really a, a solid chance there. Anyway. Hopefully he went by Ash. If he went by Ash, that'd be cool. Or his last well, name that, is like an He evil, just goes by Zucker. That's Zook? like that's like Evil Dead. Like Ash from the Evil Dead. His name was Ashley. Ashley J. Williams. Maybe that's why he got casted. Maybe. I doubt he it. That. I, I doubt it. <laughs> um so so she actually she gets killed in the beginning um and this is where you find out a little bit more about the backstory of the film of the like what the series will be on um from like a brief like news talking about the shady side and how there's a past history of killers it's known as like the town of killers and um that was something else with the movie i guess we will get in i'll finish telling to get in but that was all that was weird to me like they say, oh, you can't get out. Like, I'm pretty sure you can just get up and move. Like, don't don't stay in that town. People just, like, every couple years get murdered. Yeah, I don't understand, like... You think there'd be, like, a heavy FBI presence or some, something there, like... And it's not like, it's not like uh, Stephen King's Dairy where, like, people, like, don't know what's going on. Like, everyone knows. Everyone's fully aware of, like, oh, shit, like, people are getting murdered. Like, it's what it comes it kind of reminded me of, and the way that people react to it, like it wasn't like it's not that big of a deal, and there's a vis- uh, visual that they hold, and like people are fighting at it and stuff, and like not even taking it like seriously. Like it reminded me of a lot of like in the newer season of South Park, where there's like a school shooting like every day, and like it wasn't a big deal. Like that, that's kind of how yeah, this town is. There'll be a, uh, a segue into a scene in the school, and there's just like a school shooting going on. Yeah, you know, like just normal. Normally, like, living their lives, you know, going to class, going to fourth grade or third grade, whatever they're in. Yeah. It's like, oh, another mass murder, no big deal. But that's... Oh, well. That's shady, that's shady side for you. So, at that visual, visual, that's when Dina runs into Samantha again. It's just basically telling her, like, hey, like, fuck you. Like, I'm sick of your shit. Um, but then the, a ki- the killer shows up again. I guess for first the major thing is, and this this pertains to the in between the two movies, um, they're leaving on the school bus to go back to Shady Side because the vigil was held in Sunnyvale at their football stadium. Um, are we are we doing spoilers? Yeah, fuck it, I don't care. Twenty twenty one, dude, everything's spoiled. <laughs> okay. Um. The. The uh, the school bus is being followed by some of the football players, along with uh, Sam, in the car, um, and they're taunting them, stuff like that. And Nina has them open up the back of the bus, and she throws a whole cooler full of Gatorade onto their car, and they crash, and they end up stopping. Um, and where the cars crash, Samantha gets out of the car, and the blood uh, falls out of her nose and onto the ground. And she has a vision, and she sees the witch and all the stuff that has happened over the generations and things like that. And that really starts kicking off the the second half of this movie. And this it's where it gets a little bit more exciting because, like I said, it was a little bit slower in the first part. So, and this is the point where the the skull killer comes back, and they end up finding out that it's actually the 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 actual school wasn't someone else pretending to be the skull killer. It's actually like the zombified, like returned uh, by the witch's magic. Uh, original killer at the beginning. He still has the bullet hole in his head from when he was shot by the cop. I mean, I guess, I guess we don't want to get too heavy and just beat, beat for beat. 
basically I, can lead... I say one one pro that i like well we'll get into the pros here in, in a uh, second yeah right. you can't save save it but basically no. um it, it leads to a final kind of showdown at the local grocery store um in leading up to that it, it's they find out that the witch all the different killers over the generations at shady from shady side were con possessed by the witch uh and she actually brings them back to try to take the 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 girl samantha whose blood was they disturbed end up where the car crash disturbed her grave um which it, it seems convoluted, but it's just convoluted in the way that I'm telling it. Because I'm trying to distinguish, because we watched the two movies back to back, um, what went down. Um, and I guess, I guess kind of a pro is that the second one isn't, at, the second one's a little bit more straightforward. Um, there is a lot going on, and typically in a first movie to set up a series, like there's a lot that you kind of got to get out there. Um, so I'll give it a little bit of a pass on that. Um, and the first the to put it lightly the first one reflected on the overall story and the background of what's going on in the town the second one is tells what a, happened last time this yeah. happened and it tells a little and, well no i wouldn't necessarily say last, i guess it was sequentially last but it i think that was it, I it think had, that the was, second one has a tighter narrative for sure yeah um but this one kind of had to be out there to set up the legend and, and get everything in place for the following two movies. Um, but yeah, it leads to a, a big showdown at the grocery store. And I guess at this time we'll, we'll go, we'll go into the pros and cons and then, cause I, I feel like a lot more of it will be fleshed out because I think a lot of the pros that I have show up near the, the finale of this for sure. Um, but you had a pro if you want to start. Yeah, I got I got a pro. Um, it's uh, it's a very important factor of a movie, and this one it's definitely has it, and it's good at setting the mood and setting uh, getting a feel for the scene. Oh, you uh, dog! You're taking it. You're taking mine. Great, great soundtrack to this film. I would agree. Like this is my music. This is what I listen I mean, to growing up. Like playing. Nine Inch Nails, Iron Maiden, Bush. Uh, who else was in the here? Pix, they had the, Pix, here. the Pixies. The Pixies were in here. They had uh, I don't remember it, but they had Snoop Dogg in there. Did they have uh, White Zombie? I don't know. Did Steve. they have Nirvana? No, they had Nirvana to start the second one. Yeah, they had Nirvana to start the second one, but they also had who else? Let's see. Prodigy, Cowboy Junkies, Soundgarden, oh, was Alice yeah. Cooper. Alice Cooper schools out in this. I mean, they, like, come on. Yeah, that's that's a like a little homage to um Scream. The scene yeah. at Scream. Um and a lot of the complaints I did see with this movie, they're like, oh, it's a parody and they don't get it. But like I felt like this played it more straightforward and there was a unique enough concept. To, to allow it to stand on its own, but I didn't see really the parody of different like tropes and stuff like that that people were getting real hung up on. I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't but going back to as... what you said with the pros, that yeah. the music is definitely a pro. Um, 
but I don't know that they used the music effectively because, yeah, it's great. You throw it on there and that's, that's the nostalgia, but they didn't have the scene set up because they were just a lot of times just throwing a song on top of a song. You know, like I thought they could have utilized the soundtrack better and like spaced it out and and things like that. And don't get me wrong. I love those songs. I still I mean, you checked my playlist like a lot of them are still on it, but um, I definitely think they could have utilized the music a little bit better but the soundtrack is 100 percent fire straight up <laughs> yeah it's all 90s which uh 90s rock is is the one thing and i didn't check because i didn't care and that's p picking splitting hairs but this movie takes place in 94 and some of those songs are like later 90s songs yeah that's why uh, when i'm going through this list and i see snoop dogg and i i when when did uh snoop dogg start coming out I don't remember. Snoop I thought Dogg. he was late nineties. No, oh, he was he was starting in the late eighties into the nineties, but yeah, I think he mid nineties is when he started getting bigger. But I so I was like I wanted to and I was like, no, nah, that's splitting hairs. Like I enjoyed the music, that's good enough. We're not yeah. here to absolutely nitpick everything. Like I think that's probably the worst part about reviewing movies is everyone's looking for like these little things to pull apart. And like our big thing that we've always been big on is at the end of the day like was it entertaining for you um and absolutely i, I think it was but I, I did have some some issues so uh, another con that i did have um as a main character i thought the actress that played dina um like the delivery on some of her line like it honestly looked like she was holding back a laugh like often often and it was I don't know, it kind of took me, not took me out of it, but it was just, it didn't, her performance just didn't work for me. Yeah, um, I, I would, I would 100% agree with that. I, I thought she was okay, but I didn't think that the way, the way she acted and the way she, the way, the way she tried to, oh, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe this. The, the, the way she she went about some of her scenes, the delivery, the, yeah, the delivery, the of her delivery, performance the delivery was, of her performance, yeah. And, and there's, I mean, there's, to her there's, credit, there's, she doesn't have like that long. She's done a couple like small things in TV shows. Like I saw, she was in like an episode of The Flash or something. Like she doesn't have, and she's she's like uh, like up and coming stuff like that. But I I just some of the delivery and it's supposed to be like powerful and stuff like that. It honestly looked like she was holding back a laugh. It was like, yeah, this is, that's, that's didn't, one, it didn't, just didn't work for me. That's one issue that I have with like horror films like this, uh, where it's, it's all about like kids in high school or something. Mm -hmm. People who play these kids in high school usually don't have a lot of acting, uh, experience or credit to their names. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's hard to find a, a uh, good actor who can play someone in high school, well, you know, in like... general, yeah, it's tough. So I felt like they did use like slightly younger of actors than you normally see because normally it's like older people playing high school kids. But yeah, I mean they all are older than eighteen. So that, but like the there there was some scenes in that movie that like were seemed a little bit awkward to me, like pretty like graphic, pretty much like sex scenes, and I was like, these are supposed to be like high school like younger kids i was like can they really show this in a movie this is like i don't know it just it was like weird to me 
you know that's where you, you that's where you question yourself and be like am i going to jail for this like what's going on <laughs> like i said i was never going back <laughs> well but yeah that, hey, that was weird i mean it's whatever like they they wanted to do what they they wanted to do um uh like some of the other performances i like her younger brother josh i thought he he did a solid job um no, I, th- I thought he the was girl actually that played a good Kate actor. And the, the other friend Simon, I thought they did a good job. I, I really like Simon's performance. Like he came off as that goofy, like sidekick type character. Like he was, I, the, he was a comedic, uh, comedic like uh, really, role. Yeah, this. yeah, yeah. There's the, well, yeah. speaking like that's an, he had another awkward scene in there. Like so, the the younger brothers making out with the that Kate chick in the bathroom because they had a there's a scene where they they realized that. Um, they might the, not come that, back. Well, that, but the that all of the killers were after just Samantha because it was her blood that disturbed the witch's grave. Um, and then from the crash and everything that happened that night on the clothes and on the shoes and stuff was her blood. So they realized we had to clean this blood off because they're not coming after us. They're just coming after anything that has her blood on it. Um, so like he was helping Kate. Uh, her younger brother Josh was helping Kate like get the blood off her, and then for whatever reason they start making out, and then Dina and her girlfriend Sam they're getting naked, making out, and then the Simon dude's just in the bathroom like jerking off. I was like, this is these are all high school kids. This is strange. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. Yeah. Was, they <clears throat> eventually they come out of the bathroom, and he's just standing there, and he's like, oh, did everyone hook up about me? And they're like, uh, maybe, and he just goes, nice. No, he was like, so did I. I was like, okay. <laughs> but uh, I'll tell you one thing that they, a real pro, that they did well. And I didn't think so because the beginning of the movie, it seemed like a lot of the way that people were reacting, um, especially like Kate's character. It's like, oh, we're going to kill these people. Or, and she's selling It's like, it doesn't add up. Like, this is not how like real people act. Like, a person in high school and be acting like this but then if once you get more of the backstory of like the history of the town and, and like the way like being from shady side is perceived like you could see that a little bit um and then through into the finale they did something that very rarely in a slasher movie and and this is like where it doesn't work people are usually just like um like like fodder for the for the killers just they're just another another nameless person that gets slashed up but they actually generally made you care about certain characters getting killed and that's something that's difficult to do so i definitely give the film credit for that um and especially the way the movie was playing out it's playing out a lot like a pg-13 type type deal for a while and then when it gets to the finale you're like oh fuck like they actually did kill the people like this is it was surprising. There was some there's some brutal graphic kills. So I definitely the two two pros there. One the pro that they actually made you give a shit about characters, and then two the the graphic kills. Like those were some pretty sweet ones. Like there's a, a scene with I think it's like a meat grinder in the deli. That was it. I, it was a uh, a bread bread, uh, bread, a, slicer, a bread slicer. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's one of the more unique kills that I've seen. Yeah, it was pretty sweet, and, and I, I I really enjoyed that. I was surprised. As far as in a lot of times in these modern ones, they because there's mix between practical effects and actual like CGI effects. Normally, the CGI gore and stuff 
sucks and it's so noticeable, but they actually did a pretty solid job with CGI gore when they used it. Um, yeah, no, it wasn't it wasn't bad. For that kill, it was a little rough because they tried to show like I mean, they tried to show her like brains and stuff like that all cut up, but it cut all the way down to like her her collarbones, which yeah. was which, At first, which is kind of nuts. It was yeah. uh I I thought the, I thought it was well done. So those are two two pros there. Um I mean, the, the killing was good. Yeah, like that. Like that was, like I said, a unique kill. It's probably one of like my favorite kills that I've seen because it was just so different. Um, but it also had dumb kills, like how how uh, Simon died in it. If you remember, um, he he ran away from the uh, the nineteen forties uh, girl from the cooler, mm-hmm. and he was running running down because uh, the one person was calling for help. He sees that they're fine. He stops and sees Josh, uh, the younger brother. And Josh is like, oh, I'm fine. You know, they're just standing there. And I, they, I they like hear the one girl scream and they don't react right away. They just keep standing there and the camera cuts back to Simon and boom, he gets like, just like slashed in the head with that, with I, the axe. And yeah, I, like, oh, I, I do. Kill. Yeah, but I do like before that happens, how they film that scene where they're both running down two separate aisles. And it's like the overhead shot and it shows them coming down the aisles and they meet at the end of the aisle and you don't know like who's getting chased by the killer or what. Like I I liked how that was filmed. Um, What were your thoughts on some of the the other killers that were in the movie? So basically little backstory is that each different time there's one of these events, the, the witch was like her backstories with the curse is like the town accused her of being a witch and i guess she turned out to be a witch um well i guess maybe we'll find out in the third one but she um did a ritual that she lives on forever and continues to curse the town and each time she has basically like a conduit she possesses one person to commit these mass murders um and we get a, a sample of like three i think it was three of them in this one you get a couple more in the next one um but you had the the most recent one, which was the the kid from the mall in the skeleton costume. So I thought the skeleton costume was pretty solid. Pretty generic skeleton costume, but still looked cool. Um, it was definitely 90s-esque. You know, yeah. very... Uh, it was a skull costume. Then you, you had know, the, like... the throwback, like, Friday 13th Part 2 Jason one, which was pretty cool. You had the the plaid... Uh, the plaid... I mean, it's like a flannel shirt. A, flannel like shirt a, yeah. with... Um, a burlap sack on and i like how they did that burlaps like i i've actually made a halloween mask i don't know if you ever seen it in the garage but same type deal with it. it's like the form-fitting burlap on like a, a thing it, it looked look cool I, I like that design too that's that's a class like a classic throwback to the uh the old school jasons um mm. and then you had i thought this one was pretty cool too like this is the, like there's a lot of points in the movie when like they introduce these different characters you're like what the fuck because it's like they're throwing a lot at you at the same time. Like when they first run into this killer, it was just a girl crying in the street. Um, and what was her? I can't remember her first name. Her last name was Lynn, and she kind of plays a part in the second one. Um, but she is, is this basically like 1950s, 1960s girl with like a cut up face and she has a, a razor blade and uh, she slashes you with that, which I mean, it was it was different like that one 
really didn't do much for me there, but you get a different little variety. And then you also in the movie get flashbacks to the other instances through Shady Side's history. And there's like a creepy kid with a mask and a baseball bat. Um, there was one called the Milkman. You see a little bit of him in the second one. Um, and then there's they talk briefly about the original time with the witch. There was this preacher that didn't like have eyes. That was kind of creepy looking. I'm interested to see that in the third one. Uh, no, there was he, one he more had... that was like a witch, not like a witch doctor, but like, uh, you know, those old pandemic style, like bird looking masks with the goggles. He was like drowning kids yeah. in the water and that. No, it was a... Like, that's the thing. I guess it's a pro is I like that concept with the story is there's like, because a lot of times in slashers, you're like, well, where did this come from? How did and a lot of times it works like the original Halloween, like you don't know what made Michael Myers crazy. Like that's that whole mystery. And it could be anyone like that's, that's, that's cool. That works. But sometimes you're like, you're, you like a, a little bit of a backstory. And I like how there's all these different killers from different times. And it's all because of this, witch. And there's a whole different variety. I, li I like that. That's, that's the part that I found interesting the most. Yeah, de definitely. But I, the, my only issue with the killer with, with these here, like here's a con for me is, uh, after watching the first two, um, it seems like this probably would have been better off as a uh, as like a TV miniseries, in my opinion, because they could have gone like air from air, killer to killer, and they could have showed uh, more about each killer. You know, so the first one we had, we had very little bit about the modern day killer. We learned a little bit about the uh, two previous killers, but in the second film, you it's all pretty much about the uh, the the jason killer i guess you can call him or whatever mm -hmm. the the one with the axe the one with the burlap yeah, sack the, over the, his the head camp, camp nightwing i think it was the name of that camp yeah so they could have in my opinion i think it would have been cooler or better if they did it like a mini series with this and it all eventually tied together where they each season or mini series whatever you want to call it went through the background of each killer I don't know if they would have had enough material because like they were able to compact them down to uh, just one movie, but um, well, I think I it would mean, have been better they, off. They, they broke it into like three and we don't know how that it's going to end yet, but I, I agree. I think with having all those different killers, you could have made like in a six, seven, eight episode series and like each episode focuses and then like a little bit more, the characters in that time find out a little bit more and you can like bring it all together. I would have went one step further. I wouldn't have made the most recent one, 94. I would have had, like, your very last episode was, like, the modern day and them putting it all together. Then you could find out. Like, you, you could do it like that. Like, I do like how they did this narrative, but I, I definitely, from watching the first two, think that they could have made it for, like, a, a, a series, like a Stranger Things that had the more episodes to space it out. I, I definitely think that yeah, would have been a better way for them to present the material. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, the killers so far that we've seen have been awesome. Like, uh, like I would want to see their story. I want to see how they conducted their business. If you like, if you want to put it that way, you know. Yeah. And oh, I have a I, feeling. I hundred percent agree. Like, it, I think I, I, that's the first thing because you see them, and you only get like certain ones, like little glimpses or a little bit, like a brief snippet of like what their massacre was like. It was like that's I want to know more about that. Like, like what's that story? 
Yeah, like like the the one of the coolest ones that I've seen was that little kid with the baseball bat, and it, he only really appears in the second one, but he slowly approaches, and all he's doing is like staring at him, and he just keeps hitting his bat every like two three seconds on the on the the grass, and it's like every time they do that, it's like a drum bangs or whatever, yeah. so it's like building fear, you know. Think... And I have a, I have a feeling because of how they're conducting this or how they're the timeline of what they're going about this we're just going to completely skip over that kid. So we did, yeah. we did, we did what? 1994. What was the other one? 1974, 78, 1978. And then the third one is supposed to be 1664. Six, when 1666, when the curse first started. So most likely that kid was a, what? 19, probably like 20s 20s or kid something because yeah. baseball was real big then. So we're just going to completely skip over in my opinion, one of the one of the cooler looking killers of the time. Because I mean, when yeah. I'm talking kid, I'm talking like that kid was having a hard time wiping his like, ass. Like you know, like kid. yeah. And he's over here carrying a baseball bat, and he's considered a murderer. Yeah, I think they said like, he murdered like three, four people. So like, I that's that's a story I'd want to see. Like, I definitely think they're leaving a lot on the table here. And if I know anything, book first and foremost, you got to secure that bag. If there's has to turn this table around. Yeah, if there's if there's money on the table, don't leave it. No, uh, and, uh, and I think we'll they could have done they it. Wrap it up, but I there's I feel like there's more stories to tell here. But the way that they're combined, like you're just you're there's going to be some that we don't get. But that's well, I mean who, I mean I'm not saying it's a pro, but like the fact that they were able in those little little snippets to to generate that interest, like that's something about the story is like where there are shortcomings, there's enough to keep you invested in it. Oh yeah, I agree with that absolutely. Like I, I was, I was entertained by this. Like I would, I would probably watch this. I'd probably recommend this to people. Yeah. Like, so let's, let's go into that. Cause I, I mean, unless you got any more pros or cons, like I had a couple there. Um, so one of the biggest things for me, it's a, it's a quick pro. One of the biggest things for me is, uh, the, uh, the transitioning I'd say between scenes were pretty good here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, the that's my biggest issue with with uh, a lot of films is the uh, transition between one scene to the next. A good example of a film that I had an issue with this um, is the newest Conjuring mm-hmm. movie, con- the the third Conjuring movie. I thought the transitions between scene to scenes were too fast, so you couldn't really sink in that yeah, feeling two, of what was going on. And with, I think this with... movie did this pretty well. Two things with those those transitions being too fast and cut, it, it does two things. One, it destroys any tension that you're building. Like there's certain things and that you see you need to that little beat, that little step to to kind of like take it in and let it like marinate a little. If if your transitions aren't good or aren't aren't paced properly, like that that kills the mood of the movie. Um in in the second thing, like if your transitions are rough, like it, it just instantly takes you out of it. It's like it's just bang, 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 and then the movie's over. And afterwards, like I remember, we went and saw it in theaters when that first came out, and then it was weeks later, and we were talking, and then I just it was it just dawned on me, like oh, we went and saw the, that Conjuring. Like I totally forgot that I even went to the movie theaters and saw that. Like that movie was forgettable. Like yeah, don't, I mean, don't get me it wrong, was like, good, it was still but it was good, but it doesn't compare to the first two, and it's. It's just no, not that, at all. That's sad if something's forgettable. Like another, another 
great example of this. I don't recommend watching this. I don't recommend anyone watching this, even if it's free on a plane and you're flying to China and you're bored out of your mind and this is the only thing that's on. Do not watch the new Hellboy. But this is a good example of the transitions, what I'm talking about. It was way too fast. If I'm if I think about it like right like right now I'm thinking about the story of that movie I couldn't tell you and I watched that movie and I usually have a pretty good memory of movie movies, the transition but I I cannot tell you what happened in that movie the tra- there were a couple cool fight scenes but that's about it the transitions in that movie are so disjointed too like you're watching it and it actually it's not a hard story to follow but it's like. Uh, you're watching you're like what is even going on right now you just bang one place to another and it's like they almost like combined two movies and randomly chopped it up but yeah the the editing the pacing could really throw you off there i mean i I think they did a solid job with this one though yeah Um, and that's that's my biggest critique of movies is pacing if you can if, if if a scene is done correctly you'll not only you know one understand exactly what's going on or like whatever but especially in a, in a horror film in a scene it's meant to be scary and if it if you get the feeling of being scary uh you need it you need it to sit there you need to like you need to show the killer or you need to like have a nice slow approach or whatever like i, th- I think this does that correctly and I, th- I think they went about it the right way and i think the second one went, went about it the right way and it's uh yeah i think the second one did it even better uh, of the two so we'll do our recommendations real quick and then we'll get into the second one here um i would i would recommend watching this uh, i i found it pretty entertaining um there's a few issues but if you're just going in to throw something on netflix and, and enjoy yourself i mean you're not doing yourself a disservice here it's it's worth checking out um especially it sets up the next two so at least you got two more things to watch <laughs> um score wise i'd probably give this like a seven out of ten i mean it's well put together um nothing crazy it's not a classic but it is an entertaining movie and i I would i would recommend people checking it out if i was recommending this anyone who has netflix you don't have to qualify it as you don't have to qualify it as if i were recommending this you are you just recommend it or you don't well i mean like not the thoughts in my head that's recommending this, the the words coming out of my mouth that are recommending this. I hope you I would thought s- about it. I I, I did. Okay. I would say anyone who has Netflix and is somewhat a horror fan or or looking for something to throw on, you know, it's not too scary. Mm. Um, it's it's done. I'd say correctly, you know, and it, it's a it's a good movie. I I would watch it again for sure, and uh, I would hope. You guys would watch it again, you know. We'll see, but uh, overall, I would probably give it. I'd say you hit the hit the uh, nail on the head right there. I would say uh, definitely a seven because it was good. Yeah, it could have th- been I think better. It, I think it was solid. It's not anything like crazy special, but at the end of the day, it's entertaining. Yeah, and and that's the biggest thing. If it's entertaining, and yes, it was enter- It was so entertaining that. Uh, I watched this. I started this at like one o'clock, one one thirty at night, so one a.m. And I enjoyed it so much, and I was like, "Oh, look at that! The second one's out now." And I watched the second one, and I was up until like five o'clock in the morning. That's how much I enjoyed the first one. Yeah. All right, so let's go on to Fear Street Part Two, nineteen seventy-eight. Um, so this one takes place 
surprise, 1978, um, a summer camp. I, I think the summer camps, I guess, technically in Shady Side, in between the two towns. But as far as like what the camp's made up of, it's kids from both towns: Shady Side, Sunnyvale. Um, so it's at Camp Nightwing, and it basically to for us to get to this point in the story. Um, at the end of the last movie, the they tried to reach out to one of the the people that had had survived the last occurring attack, which was the 1978. Um, they didn't get a hold of her, but she ended up calling back at the end. Uh, and they decide they're going to go over to her house because they thought they survived the issues with the killers um, attacking them. They thought like, hey, if we if we technically kill Sam and then she comes back, that they'll leave her alone. Because um, that's, from the newspaper articles, they found out that happened to the this survivor here that plays a main role in the second one. Um, but she actually becomes possessed by the witch at the end. But they're able to subdue her, tie her up, and they, they go and they seek out um, this woman that they briefly spoke to. Um, and so that sets us up, and they go and meet her, and originally she doesn't want to help them. She's still never got over 78, um, and she's all shut in. She has a regimented schedule, making sure she's locking doors, windows, everything like that. Um, so they get... I, I like that. Yeah, I mean, I like how... I, I, how, how they portray... Like, how they showed her craziness, how she hasn't got over the event, was she had a whole bunch of, like, bookcases, we'll say, uh, scattered all throughout, like, her living room or her house. And uh, on the bookcases were alarm clocks. And, uh, and every alarm clock in front of it had a piece of paper written down with, like, something that she'd have to do. And all throughout every scene that sh they showed in that house, uh, alarm clock would go off and it would say, like, feed the dog, lock this door, lock this window. Uh, turn on the news, you know, and I thought that was a good way to to show that she was uh, she was crazy. I wouldn't necessarily say crazy, but she understands like what she dealt with before, and she knows that if she is going to survive, that she has to have this set schedule um, to keep living her life. I guess. I mean, I guess there were some things with that that were like weird, like lock the window, like it's a glass window that just break it, like you, she yeah, encountered, the, yeah. But um, anyway, so. They go and they eventually convince her, like to to try to help him out. She tells the story of 1978, and that's where we get the transition back into 78, um, which I I liked a lot. Where they're still 94 at the beginning of the movie, and they play "Man Who Sold the World" by Nirvana, and then to actually end this movie, they played "Man Who Sold the World," the original David Bowie one from the 70s. So I liked I liked the the connection there. That's stupid music thing. I liked it. Um, but the the main backstory with when they're in seventy eight is that the it well, I guess technically it's it's told the two main characters are the two sisters. Um, you had Ziggy, played by Sadie Sadie Sink, who people would know as um, the the redhead girl from Stranger Things. Eleven's best friend uh, from Stranger Things. Kind of, were they best friends? Yeah, they were best friends in the third season. 
I'd, I'd say they're best Maybe friends in the third season. In the second season, it was uh, the her brother was the one who was like obsessed fucking the one yeah. mom or whatever. I don't. Yeah. Um, and then the other, the older sister, who's a counselor there, Cindy Berman, played by Emily Rudd. Um, so it just basically deals with uh, say they're both shady siders. Cindy wants to um, save up money, get out, shed the um, perception that people have from shady side, go to college, um, move on, and Ziggy's pretty much. I wouldn't say the opposite, but she's like resigned to her fate that like everyone from Shady Side's cursed. Life is shit. Very, I wouldn't say nihilistic, but pessimistic. Um, and so it starts off. She's getting picked on by the other girls uh, at the camp, mostly from Sunnyvale, um, accusing her of being a witch or, um, like stealing all kinds of stuff like that. Can I just say something real fast? Yeah. I thought it was interesting how both in both movies um <clears throat> they tried to have um like the first one they had like a sports rally um between the two cities like it was their rival but they tried to have like a joined one at like one football field. I thought well, that was a really rally. It was like a vigil for the people that got killed. Yeah, but it was weird because like the other town was there, you know, like mm -hmm. I, I thought that was, that was very, very odd. Cause it seems that the rival towns, if you haven't noticed yet, it seems like they're very uh, disjointed. One's viewed as, you know, being all this great, powerful, you know, and the other one's like sad, like druggy killers, you know, yeah, stuff it, like that. It is a little bit and, weird. And, that, and that's how it was weird for me in this one too, how, so they're at this camp and uh, this camp, is you know it has both towns in it they're separated between blue and red the one town's blue the other town's red and it's like it's a visual thing so i, I thought that was yeah, i thought that was very very different you know yeah. in, in movies and movies that i've seen before it's usually like I like i've the seen you like, thinking it's like a, a juxtaposition where they're showing like I mean, it's not very subtle. Like, Sunnyvale is, like, a great... They got the nice houses. People are having great lives. Like, everything's great and golden for them. And then Shadyside... I mean, even in the names, it's, like, not subtle. Like, Sunnyvale, Shadyside. But it, it yeah. works for the story. I think they lean a little bit too heavy into it. Like, when when there's a situation in this where there's they have their, like, camp wars, like the red team versus the blue team. Capture and, the flag, baby. Yeah. Yeah, that that was. I thought that was weird. You know, mm -hmm. I I wouldn't expect like rival cities, rival towns to be like, all right, guess what? You're all going to this football stadium. Yeah, I mean, all go, right, guess what? Back. You're all going to this camp, and you're gonna have to deal with it. You go, know, go back to like high school. Like we would never have like a vigil with like NA or someone like that. You know, like this one happened. It's heck I mean, no, I'd movie. never do that. But um, so I guess as far like I don't want to because I mean we spoiled a little bit, but we did we saved like the ending and like some of the major plot points in the last one. This one, so you basically got your setup for here. It's a classic slasher, the killer at at the camp. Um, some notables you had Cindy's boyfriend Tommy. He's the one that gets possessed in this one, and he's he becomes the, 
the back face slasher. Uh, I thought it was pretty cool how they, they went about that, how he gets the, like the bag and stuff. You know, I, I, I kind of liked how they did that. Um, the some other notables in the modern times. So this, I, I really liked what they did. I'm not going to spoil it for you. Um, but the person telling the story, the lady that they go see, they don't really make it clear because you think you know who it is in 1978, but it's not till the end that you find out who she actually was, which one of the people that survived. Um, but she was played by... Um, Jillian Jacobs, who people would know from Community, which I didn't even recognize her in this role, but I thought she did a good job. Um, I definitely think the acting's better in this uh, as far as that. A um, little bit more before we get into pros and cons, I, other important roles. You have um, Brendan Spink. He plays young, um, young Will Good, who is the cop in the present day and you find out how he he's from sunnyvale but he's he's they say different but he wasn't but you can you get more of his backstory and what i liked about that was even though people have a better life in sunnyvale like everyone everyone has their problem like he has a lot of pressure on him his dad was the police chief passed away now he has the pressure to become the police. Like, it, I just think overall from the story and how they develop their characters, I think this is a, a better film than the first one. Um, maybe I was just because there's most there's mostly just one killer for the majority of this movie. I thought this one was like more of a focused film. Um, and then no, I, some I of would the agree twists. With that. Uh, we're not going to go into all that, but some of the twists I really didn't see coming. Um, like how they end up back in the mall there. Like I thought, like because I remember the certain scene in the first one. And I remember seeing that. I was like, that's pretty wild. Like in the middle of the mall, and then when they come back to it in the second, I was like, oh, that makes sense. So I just I liked I liked how they put it together. Um. So if we want to dip into pros and cons here if we're not getting too spoilery on the plot. You got your classic like late seventies slasher. Uh, with some twists in there. Uh, as far as pros and cons, I think s pros. I have to go pros again. Um, some of them, they do semi-off screen stuff and you don't actually see it, but the ones that you do, the gore, um, but more so how the killer swings the axe, the way they use the sound effects, and like the way he went about it was just brutal. Like I thought that was some of the best axe killing I've seen in a slasher movie. Yeah, it, it, this one felt more like a true slasher. Like, I don't know yeah. if I would say the first one's a slasher because... Uh, well, there's a lot I mean, of, like, there's, there's a supernatural couple... with that, but, I mean, there is, like, multiple slashers running around, but this is more on, along the lines of a classic slasher. Yeah, and, and I think sometimes, you know, slashing slashing movies can be overdone or, like, over-exaggerated, but I think this one was, like, done perfectly. Like, the way the way he was... The way that they showed like the main killer like running around like attacking people like actually like killing people in this i think uh i think it was done great because like it, they didn't just show him like they didn't just like zoom in on the the person who's getting killed you know and you just see yeah. like a uh axe go by like no they, they show the dude like 
like busted down a door, breaking through the fucking wall to unlock the door They're, or whatever. And and they show him like slowly approaching and then like charge up times, his like run. Yeah, there, there's like a brutality to it that like yeah that I like that it added to it that you don't normally see in a slasher. Like I, it, it, there's I, there's scenes where it made you like hold your breath, like you knew it was coming, but you're like, oh boy, you know he's about to get it. He's about to get it. You know, like it, it was the way that they showed him attacking was great. Mm -hmm. it was very well done, especially the one scene where he sticks that guy in the head like three times and they like the special effects on that were good yeah um, yeah the the uh the, the nerd well watching the cabin something you don't see they normally like don't kill the kids in a slasher movie like the kid usually being a kid like means you're safe you're gonna make it like no like he brutally like fucks those little kids up yeah because at the same time he was a kid yeah, well, you wouldn't know that. Kinda. Yeah, he was he was more of like a young adult, like, like he's about school. to. Yeah, yeah, he's he's about to go on to the next phase of his life, but at the same time, he was still able to attend this camp. No, he was a counselor at this camp, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, he but was still, like usually school. camps yeah. are run by kids. Still, um, you want to know an interesting fact that I saw online about this? What's that? The camp that they filmed this at is the same camp mm -hmm. they filmed Friday the Thirteenth Part Six. My favorite Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, little hey, little trivia for you. Was that Zombie Jason? That was the first Zombie Jason. Mm. Um, um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw another con out there. Same first con or not con pro as last uh, as last film. Another great soundtrack. Yes, if I uh, if I say so myself. I love I love seventies music. It is great. So, you, you, I mean, you mentioned Nirvana because it starts off still back in the 90s, but they got people like, let's see here, Cat Stevens, Neil Diamond, Velvet Underground, David Bowie. I remember uh, I was watching Fog that. Foghat, The Runaways. Oh, you're freaking Kansas, dude. Blue Oyster Cult. Yeah, Kansas. Yep. But, uh, I mean, there's there's a lot of great music in this. When I and, when uh, I texted you when we were watching good. that, I was like, "This soundtrack's awesome." When they were playing uh, "Sweet Chain" by the Velvet Underground. Yep. Yeah, they killed it on the music again. They another thing like a uh, pro is they really I think captured the feel of like a night like late '70s camp. Like it felt like you went back to the '70s. And I know, like camera filter wise they made it a little bit brighter so it's like a flash but like but they overall like how the kids dressed it and act and stuff i thought they they'd captured the 70s pretty well and i don't know i don't know if it's just me you might get this feeling but uh being being born with a lot of access to technology uh seeing stuff like like how this camp was back in the 70s I just have this like huge feeling of like, wow, like they were truly helpless. Like if anything and anything at all went wrong, what the hell could they do? You know, like they, there's phones there, but like but, uh, there were landlines, of it, course. It and makes, they, they it bust makes, the, the, it makes me kind of laugh. Cause I think about when we go camping, like how much shit you bring, you got like DVD players or not even DVD players. You got like tablets loaded up with like movies from like Netflix and stuff. Yeah, I last last time we went camping, I got so drunk I had to lay down in my camp or my tent to to relax a little bit. What did I throw on? Back to the Future Part Two. <laughs> I was over there dying, sitting in my tent uh, camping. Christ, 
That's that's today's camping. Yeah, you'd be one of the first ones to go if you were in a slasher situation. Oh, absolutely. I'm big. I'm slow. I uh, I'm not very good with my feet on my feet. I have decent balance, so like tripping you know, that might not get me. But at the same time, I have the IQ of like, oh man, I want to say sack like of potatoes. I was just gonna say twelve, but yeah, that pretty much puts it uh, puts it uh, where I was gonna put it. So. Yeah, no, I'd, but to wrap it all around, yeah, like watching movies like this of people camping in the 70s or watching like Friday 13th movies, they are truly helpless. They got the, they got the phone on the one cabin, like the, the head cabin, but after that, like if, if say, I don't know, someone can pull that wire out and they, they don't realize it, like they're fucked. Yeah. They, they don't have cell phones to call the police. They don't have like... Their flashlights are like 2D batteries in the flashlight the size of like like a World War II cannon, you know? Or like a wow, World War II cannon, like a Civil War cannon, you know? Like they're huge, they're they're big, they're they're clunky to carry around. Like they're they're done. So um but about the about the camp as well. Who the heck had a camp with like a uh they had like a like a little miniature zoo i guess you can say in there oh yeah it's like they had like the their science like cabin and had like different like snakes and bugs in it i don't know i never would, would when you, you were a kid did you ever go to camps like i never like i went camping like with my family and stuff i never went to like a summer I, camp i was i was a boy scout for two years solely for oh, the I'm camping sorry to hear and yeah, thank you. Um, in those two years, between like the five, six camps that I went to, none of them had like science wings or whatever, you know? Like, it, I was uh, a little caught off by that. When they, <laughs> there's a scene in there, and of course, one of the snakes gets loose, and I'm like, why is there a snake in there? Who's taking care of this snake the other, what, 50 other odd weeks of the year, you know? Yeah, like, the snake did kind of look poisonous. I'm not like a snake expert, but the snake did look kind of poisonous. I mean, it's a snake. Most whether it's poisonous or not, like most people are going to freak out about it. But like, I don't know. Snakes never really bothered me. Uh, snakes bother me. Not not as much as like bugs bother me. Bugs really bother me. I, but I, snakes, I'm not a fan, snakes bother fan of me. Bugs, but like sp- spiders don't creep either. No, spiders don't know, but like, I don't know. Like uh, like thousand legers, fuck them, dude. That's way too many legs. Exactly. Like I remember, way way too many fuck. I did. I did go somewhere and they had like a little habitat for like cockroaches. I remember seeing cockroaches and I was like, oh god, why? You know. And that was perfectly fine. They were behind glass, you know. But I was like, why do they have this? Like this is just so unnecessary. It's a cockroach. Great. Drop a nuke on it. Great. Nothing happened. You know, like. That 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 got me. But uh You had any other pros and cons? Like my I mean my overall pro is just it was like a concise story that expanded upon some of the things we learned in the first one. Um setting was cool. It just felt like a like a classic slasher. I liked it. Um I'd say uh, another, I guess, so the acting in this was much better. Mm-hmm. Um, the main girl who plays Ziggy, you know, Sadie Sink, she's the one from Stranger Things. 
Um, I think she's she's a, a pretty good actor, and, yeah, and for how young she is, she I'd was, say she's a good up and comer. She was definitely a stronger lead. Yeah, that and and the kid who played Tommy, the main killer, I thought he was great. Like the the look that they gave him, they nailed it. So the one actress that I had an issue with was the the friend, the short hair uh, friend of Cindy. Yeah, like, Alice or something, yeah, right? Like her acting and she definitely had some like deeper scenes that had was supposed to have more impact but i i didn't think that her acting was really strong so that was no, yeah, of all I, the acting, i would agree with I, that. I think in general across the board the acting was much better in this one like i i thought that um the person that played the young sheriff the young sheriff good in this one i thought he did did a very good job uh, mm-hmm. Just across the board, I thought the acting was better, but the one performance I did have an issue with was Cindy's friend. She just didn't didn't but, really hit the notes on the um, some of the more like meaningful scenes that she was in. I but think, she also I didn't think, break her leg like a nasty way. Like that's pretty nasty. Uh, don't even talk to me about that. I hate when I see legs breaking, ankles breaking, anything like that. But I, I think the, her main issue with that was, um, for me at least, was she was kind of like an outcast, or like she would in today's society would be seen as like an outcast. Um, she I, had I her problems say, at home. Of I wouldn't course. say in today's society. I would say back then, definitely an outcast. But today's society, you can just do you whatever, could, yeah. be whatever. But but back then, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I guess she was an outcast. She, she was but like she her. Was, her her performance and it was written well enough for her, but I didn't think that she delivered. Well, that's, that's why I think she, she couldn't deliver because of, of how she would have been cast, how she would have been like a cast out back then. Oh, so for was, her to have saying, such a, like a meaningful role, you know, something I that's guess, like, I guess what you're saying is coming from modern times, she couldn't relate to that role. Because yeah. a person like that in modern times wouldn't be anywhere close to an outcast like of, of society. I I get that. Yeah, that, that's yeah. That, that was my yeah like yeah that was my issue with her. It, it makes sense when I think about it that way, but uh, I'm surprised that they chose to go with her for the uh, emotional scenes. You know, have or have the uh, have an outcast as the uh, I mean, dramatic I, I, I don't think that's as surprising like because technically all the shady side are outcasts but i just i think it really just comes down to delivery on that but whatever um any two other opinions two people um let me think about it i don't think so i mean we pretty much covered our bases yeah, I mean, all right, we'll do recommendations. I would recommend this one more so than the last. I mean, technically, I mean, there's the the beginning and end caps that, in in the how it fits in with the overall. So, if you watched the first one and you did like the first one, a hundred percent watch this one. This is better of the two films. Uh, I think it moves the story along in an interesting way, uh, as well as overall. I just think it's a better put together film. Um, it has the the backbone started in the first one, so it can just kind of get to the storytelling 
Um, it is a little bit slower at the beginning at the camp, but I think that's a whole new set of characters they have to develop, and it's so... Um, I think they do a good job actually fleshing out the characters. Uh, once again, they make you actually care about people that die in this movie, which... Uh, how often have you seen a horror movie where someone dies? You're like, you just don't give a shit, especially slashers. That's a testament to itself that they're able to actually make you give a shit about characters dying. Um, the, the twists in this, I thought were actually really well done. Like that actually, there's few things that like surprised me, but there was a, like one or two things I was like, okay, that's, that's in it. That's, that's, that's good. Like, um, but in general, uh, I would give this one slightly better than the first one, 7.5. It's still not some type of all-time classic, but it is entertaining, and it is better than the first part. Um, so if you like the first part, uh, definitely check this one out. Would, uh, <clears throat> for the most part, I agree. My scoring is going to be a little bit different than you. I did definitely recommend this. Um, I would say... Uh, Again, anyone who has Netflix, I would watch these probably in order for the first time. Yeah, I mean, at this point, but, go, but going wait. back, like if I wanted to watch a good movie, I would probably throw this one on over the first mm -hmm. one. I would definitely uh, say at this point, like if you're listening to this now and then you're going to hop into them, the well, as the time that we we're recording this after midnight, the the next one's already out. So if if you have movies aren't super long, they're about an hour and a half. So if you have like a Saturday where you're not doing anything, or even like a Sunday after Lazy Sunday, something like that. Just and you want to power through them, just boom, I'll just get the whole story. I mean, I can't attest for the third one. We still, I gotta watch that. But um, as far as two thirds of the story, us knowing it so far, it's interesting enough to at least get you to the third one. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely they've definitely done a good job of. Uh, making you want to watch the next one, you know, getting you to the next film, mm -hmm. and I think. Uh, so what's your uh, what's your score, clown? Uh, my score. Um, I'm gonna go with the snowman. I'm gonna go. Well, no, snowman. yeah, no, I'll go snowman. I'll go. I'll go eight. Okay. I'll give him an eight because this That's one's respect. definitely better than better than the first one. Um. Yeah, I would definitely actually watch this one again. I liked. I liked how this was put together. Yeah, so you know we'll we'll see we'll see how the how the third one comes out or you know how it looks. Yeah, to be from, honest, I'm I'm not a huge fan. So of at it. the end of this, they showed a preview for the third one. Um, I'll give them. I mean, they got us two in. We're gonna watch the third one, but I'm not too certain about the third one. It, it's. I'm gonna say it. Well. It's a period piece, and it's going to involve pretty much all the. Uh, it's it's going to be tough and, to pull off. I'll see if they. I hope they can, because I always am down to watch a good movie. But I also watch a lot of bad movies too, bug. Hey, it's all part of the job. You know what they say, man. Life's a highway. Life's a highway. <laughs> God damn it! All right, let's wrap this up. Hey, it felt it felt good to be back, bug. Uh, it did feel good. Felt kind of weird. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. It's, um, been, it's been it's been a long time since I've sat in a room with uh, just my microphone, looking at a wall, talking. You know, normally um, it's not, no. There's normally no microphone. It's just you talking to the wall. 
I need something to keep me entertained, and you won't believe how the sound bounces off these walls, man. Got some good acoustics. Mm-mm-mm. All right, well, we already... Everyone already knows what our next one is, so we're going to do part three. Um, we'll have that coming out probably sometime next week. Give you time to check it out. Um, we have a, a, a few different format things coming up in the future, so to try to get more content out there, um, we were talking about a, a few different smaller things we can do. Like Typically, our main episodes, they're going to be like around an hour-ish. This one's a double one, so you're looking at like an hour and a half or so. Maybe less than that after we trim it down a little bit. So this is a longer episode. Um, but we're still going to have the full episodes moving forward. But also just to get more stuff out there. And um, just to be able to... All the horror material out there. Um, I was thinking different... I don't I don't know what we're going to name it. Maybe like Quick Bites or Quick quick Slash. I don't know, something, something real gimmicky. But it'll just be like shorter, maybe like 10-15 minute reviews. Like, hey... We check this out on like Netflix or Shutter and check it out. Don't check it out. Big, just something like smaller like that, just to 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 get our opinion out on some of the the other releases. Because uh, as you know, book they're releasing horror like nonstop. Yes. Um. As well as why well, I was thinking of doing like flashbacks, like where we can go to like an eighties movie, 70s movie, something like that, some nineties. Like that's crazy. That's not, that's like 30 years ago. But it's like I I I got it. Yeah. I I ready for it? Yes. Into the slashes. That's terrible. No. X All that right. out. Alright, whatever. Into oh, the gashes? Oh, no. Yes. That's even worse, but I like it. I don't know. We'll figure something out. But there is going to be different little smaller things coming out and so we'll have more releases during the weeks and stuff um as well as this surprise hey this is book growing up he came up with a great idea um well with a a review system as far as like like obviously we're already reviewing movies but just pulling up and reading like other people's reviews and just to see like kind of get like where people get hung up on different things and discuss that a little bit. Like, cause how often have you been on like a Google review and someone just has this most outlandish take on something? You're like, where does this person come from with this? So we think that that'll be probably pretty interesting. And but that's a hundred percent a book idea. He, he fucking, he fucking just sacked up and came up with something good. I'm very, very proud of him. <laughs> In this past 10 month span, I have not only grown in height and weight i have also matured as an adult i don't think you got taller dude <laughs> I, I hope i did that'd be pretty cool i think i'm past that time but like hey if i got like an inch a year until the day i die that'd be pretty cool i'm not gonna complain that's what she said <laughs> okay well, all right we're going out sorry right, so um, our podcasts are, let me think about this. It's been a while since we did that. Um, on every service that has podcasts. Pretty much. Pretty much. I think it's actually going to come up on a couple new ones here soon. I've been working on, I've been I'm behind the scenes working on a couple deals, book. You'd be surprised. Can't talk I about mean, them yet, but. When, when, uh, when's the curtains going to come up? You know, you know, like. He plays, you know, you yeah. raise the curtains. Yeah, I know how then... it works. I know it works, bud. 
I only got one thing to say about that. Life's a highway. All right, have a good uh, one. Have a good one. Have a good one. Uh, later, everybody. <laughs> Check you later. Oh wait, I forgot to say. What you can say it. Link, like, subscribe. Like, that's, that's the old like, saying. Yeah. Link, like, subscribe. You're supposed to share it with people. You link it. You link it through text chains. Then you like it. Then you subscribe to us. Fuck you.